I hope you did. Amen. We're trying to continually always get better. Amen. Constant and never-ending improvement. Thank Jeff for coming up here and me and him the last couple days have been working. Got the monitors in different places and musicians or instruments coming through the sound the right way and we just need to get our singers to sing better. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. I'm the one leading tonight. I'm talking about me. Amen. Can't help that, right? Can't help me. Man, tough crowd. <laughs> tough pastor, yeah. And then we also added three mics over there, so we're going to start having more people sing. And that's where safety and numbers comes in. Amen? So if you can't sing, you can just get up there in the group and make a joyful noise unto the Lord. And if, you can't, if you're at the back, you'll know why. Amen? Well, like, Kendra did a good job of adding. So look where we're at. All those, all those chairs are ones that have been bought. And the white ones are ones that are left. And I, I know in the next week and a half, we're going to get it to where we're totally full. Amen? How many believe? And we'll see this place totally full of new chairs. And then what's the job? Fill them up with souls. Amen. Praise God. Well, before I get into the word tonight, I want to make a quick announcement. That we, one thing we didn't get in our bulletin, and it's my fault, but we're going to announce it tonight and continue to announce it. Is this is a, a month that has five Sundays. And what happens on five Sunday week, months? Amen. What happens? talent show amen so we want we want to get new people in there amen people that haven't done anything or if you've done something do it again we want to have a good night full of talent and uh just see laura about that if you're with your entry see my wife see me see dylan um and let us know what it is and we want to have a good list how many did we have last time we had like 20 right something like that quite a bit so uh, any kind of talent rap um singing musicians drama Anything, uh, we're gonna, I hope we're going to get another Robert and Sheila thing. I'm hoping, amen? Gonna, that was good. Marital, marital comedy, amen? And so you guys just work out your marriage this month and bring it up here again, amen? <laughs> so whatever it is, we want, it's a good night to show off the talent and have fun, amen? And then don't forget all the stuff that's on the counter. Before I get into the word, uh, tonight's a special night. We've got uh, Dwayne celebrating a birthday, amen? If we could give him a big hand. So I'm going to let him come up here for a second and share uh, just quickly um, what the Lord's doing in his life. I thought it was cool. I'll lead in for you a little bit. Come on up here. Come on. Amen. I met, I met Dwayne on the basketball court, and uh, we didn't know each other real well, but we've actually known each other quite a while on the basketball court. He's a great guy. And then he started coming into church. And then we realized they were part of the family already, and then God began to move. And he's going to share, and they got saved back in August, right, August, um, coming up on a year. It's going fast. But I wanted him to share tonight, as it's his birthday tonight, I wanted him to share. He was sharing some things with me today I thought were really neat about what God's done in the last year and some differences between this birthday and his last birthday. He's got a couple friends here, too, so I'm going to let him have the mic for a minute. Okay. Well, I just... uh. You know, wanted to just start with last year on this day, I was, you know, at this time I was probably, you know, drinking right now, you know, um, getting ready to go out, uh, you know, waiting on my friend to come get me. But, uh, but yeah, last year that's what I was doing. I was partying. I was drinking. I was, I don't remember the event. I just remember going, you know, and, you know, 
But this year, you know, was my best birthday ever, you know. And, you know, it started when I woke up. I woke up at 4 because I was going to go play basketball. And I've been waking up at 6 o'clock every morning, reading my Bible and praying. And, you know, and today I was, I was like, no, I'm going to go play basketball. And so I'm going to wake up at 4 and go pray and read. But, you know, God had a different plan for me today, you know. I was like, uh, I woke up at four and I went to the bathroom and my son, I guess he had put some X's on the, put an X on the mirror. And so as I was uh, in the bathroom, the X is right on my chest. And so I was like, okay, that must be a sign, you know, that, you know, that this ain't your day, you know, this is your day, but it's not your day. It's God's day, you know? So I was like, okay, I'm going to obey and I'm going to read my word and pray at six like I've been doing. You know, so I went back to sleep and, you know, um, woke up at six and started praying or got up and started praying. And I heard alarm go off. Then I see my nephew, Andy, get up, start reading and praying. I'm like, what? You know, like, what's going on? You know, and then I'm reading and praying and then see my wife come out the bedroom. She's like, what you reading? And she started reading and praying with me. I'm like, man, today is a good day, you know, so. That's just some of the things that God has done for me, you know. So I just want to thank y'all and, you know, just try to keep it going. Praise God. We're going to have some cake for him after church. His wife made his favorite cake, amen. So, yellow cake. All right. Chocolate fry. As long as it's got some chocolate, it's good cake. Amen. Well, isn't that awesome to see what God can do? in a life, amen, between birthdays, that's awesome, amen, that's exciting, open your Bibles to the book of Acts, the book of Acts chapter 5, and then um, hold it there, and, and then go over to Mark 16, and I want to continue on the series, but I want to talk, Sunday I talked about the spirit of a follower of Christ, and tonight I want to talk about some more qualities that a follower of Christ has. And we know tonight that is our greatest desires, that we would be like Christ, that we would be followers, that we would not be fans. For those that are visiting tonight, we've been in a series for about a month about being a follower of Jesus Christ and not a fan. And anybody who watches sporting events knows that the fans are the ones who stand on the outside and watch. And the, the players are the ones on the court or on the field or doing whatever they're doing in the event. And everybody else is around watching and they're spectators. And we've been getting into the Word and finding out that there's a lot of, be, of people who are claiming to be believers. But their life is not lining up with who they claim to be. Can you say amen? And God has called us to something greater. And Jesus has called us to something greater. And all through the Scriptures, for those who have not heard all the messages to get an idea, Jesus is always pricking the people's heart and saying, Hey, uh, this, that's not what I want. I don't want your words. I want actions. And I don't just want actions. I want your heart. And I don't just want some of you. I want all of you. Amen. That's what Jesus is asking of us as believers. And so as we walk our walk, we, we get in the word. And, and how many know tonight, how many got your Bibles? Let me see your Bibles and just hold them up there. How many know this right here is a mirror? It, it, it might not make sense when you begin to read it at first, and you'll even see the, see the verse that 
She says it's a mirror, and many times we look at the mirror, and then we walk away and forget what we look like. That's why we come to church. That's why we fellowship. Yes, you can read the Bible on your own, and yes, you, can, you should be studying the Word on your own, but there's something powerful about coming to a place that God has established as a church And a lot of people say, well, I don't like church, and I don't like to go there because they're a bunch of hypocrites. Well, there's more hypocrites when you walked in, amen? We're all hypocrites in some way or another, and we try not to be hypocrites. We're trying to be followers of Jesus Christ, and that's why we're preaching the message that's strong that says, hey, let's look in the mirror, and let's see who we really are and realize that we cannot line up with who Jesus is on our own strength. We're trying to, but we need the cross, We need the blood of Jesus, amen? That's the only thing that gets us to a place where we can stand before God and be right with God because on our own, we're lost. And now we say, okay, I believe in the cross. I believe in the blood. I believe what Jesus did, but now what are some of the qualities that I should have in my life that Jesus had or Jesus expects of us? And so I want to go into Acts 5 in a second, but go over to Mark 16 for a second. And, and this, this is something you've heard many, many times, but I've got to remind you, you know, we say, what does God want me to do? What is God's plan? What am I supposed to be doing? And Mark 16 is very clear about it. And then we're going to go into Acts 5 and see some of the things that God expects us as believers to have. In Mark 16, these are Jesus' words, verses 15 to 18. He says, go. You've heard this before. Go is three letters out of, uh, two out of the three letters of God. Go. Amen? That means move. Not sit, not watch. There's, that, that's not a spectator thing. That means we can't be a fan. We have to be a follower, which means we go. We're in the game. We're not watching the game. He says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Preaching is not just my job or my calling. Preaching is the calling of every believer. Amen? He who believes and is baptized, will be saved, and he who does not believe will be condemned. Remember, we've talked about there's only two types of people in the world, followers and those who reject Jesus Christ. And watch what happens. And these signs, or you could say qualities, or, or uh, things will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick, and they will recover. We will see a mighty move of God when we, you and me, and everybody in this place starts to believe that God can use me to heal the sick, that God can use me to cast demons out, that God can use me to touch another person's life. Amen? It's not the job of one or two or three. It's the job of every believer. Did you read what I just read? Who are the people he's talking to? It doesn't say to the pastors. It doesn't say to the evangelists. It doesn't say to the super spiritual. It says these signs will follow who? What does it say there? Those who what? Believe. Who believes in here tonight? Let me see your hand if you believe. That means that those signs should follow your life. And revival will happen when we begin to believe that in our workplace. 
When we begin to believe that at the store, when we begin to get to a place where we don't have to say, hey, come, you know, it's great to invite them to church. Do that. But you don't have to say, hey, come to my church so my pastor or some other person can pray for you. You pray for them right there at work. You pray for them right there at school. You pray for them right there in the parking lot. Because the power that is in me or anybody else comes from Jesus, and it's for all of us. These signs will follow those who believe. So that means tonight that the qualities of a follower are available to everybody. They're not just for a few select people. And, but see, that's what the devil wants us to believe. He wants us to be spectators. He want, and, and you might for a second understand and think, well, why are we the ones sitting out here and you're up there all by yourself? Well, this is the setting that God has established for us to learn. But as soon as we go out these doors, we're all the same. And we're all called to preach, and we're all called to go, and we're all called to tell about what Jesus has done for us. Has Jesus done anything for you tonight? Amen. I gave Dwayne the microphone, but I know I could give the microphone to every single one of you, and you could tell, what you wouldn't have to think about it, what God has done for you. And you could say tonight, <clears throat> maybe you're not where you want to be yet, but you could say tonight, I know for a fact I'm not where I was this time last year. How many are thankful for that? Amen. I'm in a better place tonight than I was last year. I'm in a better place tonight than I was yesterday. Amen. And tomorrow I'm going to be in a better place than I am today. Amen. That we're always moving forward and going with God. So now in Acts chapter 5, I want to show you just for a couple minutes tonight some of the qualities of a follower as we read a few verses. The new church is started, the first church. Jesus has gone. He sent the promise. The Holy Spirit has fallen in Acts 2. And they've all been filled with the Holy Ghost. And they're walking now. And now they're preaching. And they're, they're going. And now they're spreading the news that Jesus Christ not only died, but he rose from the dead. And he's alive. Amen? And now he's ascended into heaven. And there starts the church, which we belong to tonight. There was no difference between them and us except that they walked in more power, and we need to walk in the power that they walked in. Amen? We're 2,000 years removed, but the Bible says that the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead 2,000 years ago, if it dwells in us, it'll quicken this mortal body. Amen? And the Bible says also that the same Spirit that was in Jesus then is with us today because He's the same yesterday 2,000 years ago. He's the same today, and He's going to be the same in 5,000 years if Jesus doesn't come back. Amen? How many believe that that power is here tonight? How many believe that tonight? That power is here tonight. If you came with a need tonight, if you came with the depressed, if you came with a problem, you can leave out of those doors and that exit tonight different than when you came in. You don't have to leave the same way. Amen. We had a, we had a mighty, mighty manifestation of the Holy Spirit Sunday night in this church. Amen. He came down and he visited us and he wants to do it again tonight. He wants to visit us every time we come to church. Amen. We don't have to just say, well, that last Wednesday, we just kind of showed up. I want God to move tonight. I want to be transformed by his presence. Everywhere they went in the book of Acts, something was happening. Something was happening. And we pick it up in Acts 5, in the middle of Acts 5, at verse 12. If you've got your Bibles there, say amen. And watch what these verses say. I'm going to read them kind of slow, and then I'm going to go back over them, and I want you to see some qualities that I found. And it says, And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. 
And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. And if you've got your pen, I want you to underline the next verse. And I want you to see that this separates, once again, the fans from the followers. It says, yet none of the rest, that means the ones standing on the outside, the fans, dared join them. None of the rest dared join them. They, they, they were the ones that were going, man, that's really cool, that's really awesome, but that's you. How many times have you heard a friend or family member say that? Hey, I'm glad that God's doing something for you. That's you. I told Dwayne today, 20 years ago, my best friend told me when I left basketball and went into the ministry, he said, this is just a phase for you. Well, it's been a long phase, amen? It's been 20 years of phase, and I haven't came out of it yet, and I'm not going to come out of it, amen? It's a phase that's going to last forever. How many times have you heard that? Somebody's watching and saying, well, that's good for you. Somehow we think that, Each individual can find uh, their answer in a different place. There's only one answer tonight, and that is Jesus Christ. Amen. There's only one answer, and that's the hope that Jesus has and what he did for us on the cross. So it says, none of the rest dared join them, but the people, watch this, esteemed them highly. So the people did not want to get in the game, but they thought, man, I really admire who that person is. Maybe you've got some people around you tonight in your life, friends, family, neighbors, co-workers, and those are the, that's where they're at right now. They're at a place where they're watching you and they're saying, man, I don't really want to join what you're doing. I don't really want to be a part of it. I don't really want to pay a price, but I really respect what's going on in your life. That's going to happen before they meet Jesus. They have to get to a place where they see that there's something in you that they do not have. How many understand that tonight? If they don't see something in you that they don't have, they won't want what you have or need what you have. So many, if if you're in the right place tonight in your walk, you're, you're going to work, you're going to school, you're living your life, and around you there are people that they are no, you are no longer being influenced by them, but you are influencing them. Right? Before we got saved... And, and gave our lives to the Lord, we were always being influenced now as followers, not as fans, because fans are influenced. As followers, we are the ones that God has called as believers that the people around us would be influenced by us. That they would see something in our lives that says there's, there's something, it's not, it's not the color of your skin, it's not the size of your body, it's not where you live, it's not your job, there's something about you that's different, that I don't have, and I don't even know if I want it, but I respect it. That's where a lot of people around you should be tonight. Amen. If they're not, if they're in that other place where they don't even know you're a Christian and so on, I'm talking to followers tonight. Amen. I'm just acting like we're all followers. Because if you're in that other place, there's some other major changes that need to happen. Amen. And God can do that too. But if you're walking as a follower, one of the qualities is that people around you are going to see something different. And so it says, none of them dare join them, but the people esteem them. Let's go on. Verse 14. And believers were increasingly added to the Lord. A couple here and there. What does it say? Multitudes of both men and women so that they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, watch this, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by 
might fall on some of them. That's revival. Oh, that's good. Bless Peter. Good for Peter. Well, how neat that was for Peter. I want that. And I can have that. And you can have that. Do you believe that? God doesn't love Peter more than he loves us. As a matter of fact, probably Sunday I'm going to begin to get into how much of a failure Peter was. But at the same time, how much of a victorious person he was. But I want to show you his failures. We've talked a little bit about him, amen? If you think Peter had it together, he was one of the most messed up guys in the Bible. He messed up as much as anybody, but he got back up. And he kept on moving forward. So the very shadow of Peter healed. Verse 16, also a couple of people gathered from the surrounding cities. I'm sorry, I can't read very good tonight. A multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and a couple of them were healed. That's why I like you having your Bibles. Some churches, they just sit there and stare and go, yeah, amen. They wouldn't know the difference. And they were all healed. Jesus is wanting to heal everybody. All of them were healed. Now, go on with me. I'm going to go back over this in just a second. Chapter 6, verse 1. Now, in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplying, look at the word again, there arose a murmuring against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, how many have noticed that the number of disciples is growing greatly and rapidly? The number of the disciples were multiplied, and it says, it is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, they're beginning to get to a place where the ministry's going, and they've got to begin to delegate to some people to do some things. Seek out from among you, watch this verse, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. We will continue to give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man of faith and the Holy Spirit. Sorry, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. And Philip. And then some names I'm not going to try to say. From Antioch. Whom they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. And the word of God spread. And the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. And a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. From a different religion. And Stephen, watch this, full of faith and power. Did great wonders and signs among the people. Aren't those some awesome verses? If you're taking notes, I want you to write some things down tonight. Number one, some of the qualities of a follower of Jesus Christ. Number one, we just saw this in these verses we read. Number one, they will, a follower of Christ, will see and experience miracles. They will see and experience miracles. I I can't make it any clearer to you tonight that these verses were not for a select few people. The, The false doctrine that is being preached today is that the power died with the apostles. 
that the signs and the wonders died with the apostles, that, that the fruits of the Spirit died with the apostles, that, that all those great and mighty things were for that first church to be established so that they could go forth and build the church. And somehow, some, for some reason, we don't need that today. For somehow, we, we just talk about what they did. But the Bible shows here that this man Stephen comes along, and he's just one of the people. But something was in him that set him apart from everybody else. It was a quality. And some of these qualities we're going to go over. And number one is they see and experience miraculous signs. Number two, they're highly esteemed and have a good reputation. Now as we read these things and I talk about these things, this is a good discipleship service. This is a good discipleship message. This is where you need to begin to say, God, where am I at in these areas of my life? Am I seeing the miraculous? Am I seeing signs and wonders? Well, yeah, we saw something Sunday. Or, no, I'm talking about in your own life. I'm not counting what goes on at church. I'm not counting the signs and the wonders that you see somebody else do. What kind of signs and wonders are you seeing in your life? Because God wants you to see signs and wonders. God wants you to see miracles in your life. God wants you to see the miraculous. Number two, they're highly esteemed and have a good reputation. Are the people around you seeing your life and esteeming who you are? Do you have a good reputation with the people? Do they know who you are? Do they know you're a believer? Please, church, don't be that person tonight that your work co-workers get surprised when they find out you go to church. Amen. Please don't be that person. Don't be that person. Let the people know I'm a believer. Let the people know by your life, by your words, by your actions that you're a believer. And that they would begin to esteem you. And they would begin to have a good, you'd begin to have a good reputation with the people. Doesn't mean people aren't going to dislike you. Doesn't mean you're not going to have problems. It means they're going to look at you and say, there's something different about that person. They don't act the way everybody else acts. They don't laugh at the jokes. They don't go where everybody else goes. There's something different about them. Number three. This is something we saw about ten times just now in these verses. A follower of Christ will multiply themselves. I don't say this for condemnation. I don't say this to make you feel bad, but are you winning souls? Are, are people getting saved through your life? Are people coming into church through your life? Uh, not really. Well, let's get to work. There's nothing like seeing somebody that you invited come into church. There's nothing like seeing somebody you sowed a seed in come and get saved. There's nothing like seeing somebody you shared your faith with turn their life to Christ. We must be multiplying. Amen. One of the things that, that, that caused me to begin to dislike church when I got saved was the fact that the church had absolutely no, no, no desire to see souls saved. I'm talking about the churches I was in. It was a social club. It was just, let's get together, and let's just be the 20 that we are, and let's just go to heaven. That's not what you see in the scriptures. 
We're reading scriptures here that says a church that is alive and is doing the will of God is multiplying and is growing and people are coming in and there's new baby Christians and there's people getting baptized and there's people in the new beginners class and there's, hey, they may not stick. We have no control over that. That's the hardest part, but they're getting saved and they're learning the, Lord, the word of God and they're changing and new people are coming in and you're the ones bringing them in. Did you see the word multiplied a bunch of times when we read those verses? I don't think i got to go back over them again. It said the disciples multiplied and the people being added unto the Lord daily. As soon as the book of Acts church started, the Bible says 5,000 people got saved. In one day. They were preaching the gospel. And so this is, this is, a, it, it, this is just like the treat your seat campaign we got going on to have a chair. I'm going to do my part that my chair would be in this church. But I love that I've seen some people put money in for a family member for their seat. I've seen some people write that. I've seen some people, this is for my sister. This is for my mom. This is for somebody else. And, and maybe you didn't do that or buy the chair. But as the chairs are being bought, do you have the mentality, I need to get some people saved? That's a quality of a follower. A fan is going to sit back and watch and go, hey, good job. Hey, way to go. Hey, soul winner. High five. You're doing a great job. Amen. Encouraging's wonderful. Encouraging's good. We need people to encourage. But that's like, you know, when there's a work day and they're, and they're standing over there going, hey, you missed a spot. Hey, right, right there. You with the broom. Right there. We don't need people to point out where the garbage is. We need people to pick it up. We don't need people to say, hey, good job. We need people to win souls. You want to know, am I a follower of Christ? A f I'm, listen, I know the Holy Spirit has the work. He's the one that does it. But are you doing your part? Are you throwing seeds? Are you passing out tracts? Are you giving people the Jesus card? Are you inviting people to church? I know a lot of us are. But what would happen if we all would? Don't you want to see new people? Don't you love hearing testimonies of people coming in and getting saved? Amen? I love all of you, but I don't want to see your same faces every week. I want new ones. Amen? I want some new faces in here. How many want some new faces? It's fresh. It's good. Multiplying and winning souls. Proverbs 11.30 says, He who wins souls is wise. You know why? Because that's the only thing you can take to heaven. That's it. Go ahead and work to buy a house. That's good. Go ahead and have a nice car. Go ahead and save money. Go ahead and have things on this earth. That's fine. But what are you doing that you're going to take with you? Amen? Like, I'm not, like I said, I'm not condemning us. I'm just telling us, what are we doing that's going to go up? Because the chairs, the house, the clothes, the food, the cars, the savings, they're not going up. The aquarium is not going up. Amen. None of it's going up. The only thing we can take to heaven with us is souls. I want to get to heaven and see some souls there. That I personally, not just as a church, listen, corporate as a church, working together as a team is great. We are a team. 
We are family, and we are working together, and we rejoice with each other, we cry with each other, and that's great. And as a church, we're making an impact. But individually, what are you going to see when you get to heaven? A follower of Jesus Christ has souls on his mind, or on her mind. Now here's the key. The only way you're going to get people saved is the next number, number four. Be full of the Holy Spirit. Because if you try to win people to the Lord on your own power, you will not be able to. You do your part. You be a person of integrity. You be a person of your word. You be a person of character. You pray. You read the Bible. You do those things. But you have to depend on the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have to depend on that. And so the next one is full of the Holy Spirit, and that was in Acts 6.3. And then that what happens when you're full of the Holy Spirit is, is something else happens. It, it's called being anointed. You're speaking. This is something that every single one of us should pray for. God, fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I will be full of your Holy Spirit and be fat spiritually. No. It's okay you said amen. Be anointed. That was another thing that used to drive me nuts. People be coming to the altar, and it's just, sometimes it's just bad teaching, I think. And they would just come get filled up and filled up and filled up. But if they don't have a burden for souls, all you're doing is filling up and filling up and filling up. And if you, all you do is fill up and fill up and fill up and never give out, you get fat. Spiritually fat spiritually obese we have a church world of spiritually obese people hello did i say something weird it's the truth we come and we get filled and we get filled and god moves and oh what a spirit and oh thank you lord and oh we praise you lord and we come and we cry and we do all these things but if we don't go out and use what we get it stays inside god fills us up so we go out and empty it out Paul said, I am a drink offering. That means I get filled up and I go out and I use it. I used to get so angry. I told you that's why I used to be so angry at the church and didn't even want to go to church because I was out there working with these kids. I'd be on the street. We'd get all these people saved and nobody wanted them. I didn't have a church. Churches didn't want people. Thinking, what are you open for? What do you mean you don't want them? And all they were that, oh, Spirit of God moves so much. You're the same. I don't care if it's 100, 200, 500. You're the same ones you were five years ago. How come there's no growth? We've got to be growing. We've got to be multiplying. We've got to be being anointed. We've got to be full of the Holy Spirit. And when we're full of the Holy Spirit, the anointing comes on us. And the anointing is what breaks the yoke of bondage on the people that you're talking to. Have you noticed that your words and my words do zero? But when the anointing is on you, something breaks in that person. And they see something they didn't see before. They hear something they didn't hear before. Paul, under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, had his scales taken off of his eyes. Amen. So the way I win souls is I come to church and I fill up and I pray and I get the anointing. Then I go out and I talk and I share and I pass out and I, and I witness and I preach and then God does the work. 
And then I come back in again and I get filled up again. But I'm getting filled up again to use it, not just to hold it. Amen. So let me go over this again. Here's some qualities. We should see and experience supernatural things. That doesn't always mean a physical miracle. It doesn't always mean an arm growing out or a cancer being healed. There's lots of signs and wonders that you see. Things that you see and you go, that had to be God. How many experience that stuff on a, day, on a regular basis? We should be seeing that on a regular basis. Stuff that you just go, God, that was you. That's signs and wonders. Things that make the world know God is real. Number two, we should be highly esteemed. We should have a good reputation. We should be living a life as a follower of Jesus Christ that the people respect Jesus in us. It doesn't mean they want or accept what we have, but they respect it. And then obviously that's the next step for them to get saved. Number three, they should multiply and win souls and then make disciples. It's your job too to make disciples. It's all of our jobs to tell, hey, this is how you pray. This is how you read the word. This is how you do this. Hey, come to church. Hey, come to outreach. And, you, and you're encouraging each other. And we're all being discipled and we're all learning how to make a difference. And the last one is being full of the Holy Spirit and being anointed. How many desire those qualities? We need these qualities if we're going to see God move on an individual basis. But again, as you listen to these messages, you don't look inward and say, God, I'm lacking so much, I might as well just quit. You've got to start somewhere. You've got to start somewhere. You don't, you don't just start big. You start in the little things. And one of the greatest things you're doing is you're coming to church. Be committed. Come every time the doors are open. And then you begin to read that Bible. You begin to take notes. Things begin to sink in and make sense. How many have noticed as, it, as you continue to come, things have began to make sense? You begin to see why we do what we do and why we go where we go and why we say what we say. Not, it's, not, it's not robotic and it's not religious. It's the Bible. Amen. We're learning what we're supposed to be doing and we're following it. And this, this Bible is a mirror to us. But I'm telling you, if we would just put God's kingdom first, put souls first, and realize as, as the musicians come tonight, I want to close, as we would realize, church, there are more people out there like me right now that need Jesus. Cannot get to a place of comfort where we say, I'm saved, I'm good. Has to be something in us that makes us a little uncomfortable. Something in us that says, I, I'm not happy. It's, it's being happily discontent. I've got to see some people get saved. I've got, I've got to ask for, for God to make me bolder. I've got, to, I've got to try to get that card out of my pocket and here, read this. Something, amen? I've got to try something different. And you're all, I'm always afraid and you're always afraid. What are they going to say? What are they going to think? Are they going to reject me? Are they going to say no? They're gonna, what are they going to do? Don't worry about it. That boldness comes from every time we come to church, coming to the altar, getting filled up, and being filled with the Holy Spirit, being full of power, and then that boldness comes upon you where you say what you didn't say before. 
And then the Spirit of God is in you so strong that you say, I have to share my faith with somebody. I can't keep it to myself. Don't get religious and begin to come into church and forget who you were. That's the biggest problem in the church. So we get a little bit sanctified. And we get a little bit righteous. And we get a little bit clean. And then we walk by the person on the road that looks like we used to look, but we forgot what we used to look like. And we look down on them. And that was you. And that was me. Cannot get that way. As a church, we have to be spiritually minded to know that there's a reason we're open tonight. The reason the lights are on is yes, for us to come get filled. And yes, for us to be discipled. But why? So that more would know Jesus. So that more would know who He is. Amen. That has to be the center of our focus. Souls. Souls. I'm telling you, if God moves in our services like He did Sunday, praise the Lord. That will attract some people. But true revival will always be individual people sharing their faith telling people what Jesus has done in their life that's how they built that church in the, in the book of Acts is they went even when they were on their way Peter and John one day were on their way to church to pray and they could have been thinking I gotta get to church so I can pray and that's good but on the way they ran into that person who was begging and they said hey, give me some money and they said, silver and gold have I none. What I have, I give to you in the name of Jesus. Rise and walk. So they were on their way to church, but they were kingdom-minded to know that I can't get to church without taking care of this need first. They still went. They still got there. But their mind was on the things of God. We have to work. We have to go to school. We have to do all these things we have to do in life. But as we do them, why am I doing it? Look at your job tonight as just the, just the way for you to be an evangelist at your job. Amen? Don't look at it as just taking care of your family. Look at everything through eyes, the eyes of God. And if you begin to do that, you'll be happy. Because you'll see some fruit. Amen? I believe there's some people here tonight that have been praying and asking God that they could lead someone to the Lord, that they could get someone into church, and you might not have seen it yet, and you've gotten discouraged. Don't be discouraged keep on doing it keep on inviting people amen God looks at your intentions don't get discouraged that they haven't come in keep doing what you're doing tonight amen father we thank you for your word we thank you for this Wednesday night service we thank you for this church building that we could come into tonight and hear your word father I know tonight that your presence is here your spirit is here your anointing is here and without your anointing and your spirit, God, we cannot be changed. But God, when your presence touches a person's life, they cannot reject it. They cannot turn away from it because it's so real. God, we want these qualities. Please don't let us be people who look at these, these people in the Bible and, and put them on such a pedestal that we think we can't have what they have. That's not true. God says he is no respecter of persons. He does not love anybody more than anybody else. Only thing that will set you apart tonight is your faith. And 
how you use it. Let's multiply. Let's, let's walk with a reputation that people want what we have. Let's win souls. Let's see the supernatural in our job. In our, if someone's got a headache, pray for them. Someone's got a stomach pain, pray for them. Lay your hand on them and pray for them and believe to see that pain go away. Let revival happen at your job. Let revival happen somewhere. Father, all over this place, touch hearts, touch minds, touch spirits. It's not by might and it's not by power, but it's by your spirit, says the Lord of hosts. We know, Lord God, that you're the one that must knock on someone's heart and say, let me come in. If you're here tonight from front to back and side to side and you've never accepted the work that Jesus Christ did on the cross for your eternity, today is your day.